Hello and welcome to this podcast brought to you by Malexo, presented to you by myself, Peter Spinder. Well, uh, what a momentous occasion, the first podcast that uh, I'm running for Malexo. Are we going to continue with podcasts on a regular basis? I honestly don't know. Depends on uh, the feedback that I get. Depends on what you think and whether this is a worthwhile uh, activity to complete. Um, Look, there's a lot of things that I want to talk about and uh, cover off on within a podcast. Today, I'm really going to focus on where we're at uh, as a business landscape, certainly within within Australia. We're living through some very interesting times with this whole COVID uh, situation. Um, And I want to talk to you about, uh, I guess, what this means, uh, not just now for businesses, but what this means moving forward post this whole COVID situation. Because look, rest assured, this is only a temporary state. There is nothing in the world, nothing in the universe, in fact, that is static forever. Things change and we're going to go through this COVID period, uh, however long it's going to last. We're going to come out of it at the end and uh, life will pick up and things will continue. And so what I'm saying to you, what I'm saying to my clients and what I'm doing within my business is uh, focusing on the period that's going to take place when all of this stuff is over, when we're moving beyond the COVID. A lot of opportunities, I think. Um, And there's also going to be a lot of changes, uh, certainly in certain aspects of uh, of our world and certainly in certain aspects of uh, business itself. And that's something that I want to talk to you about today. So let's get started. Um, I mean, look, unprecedented times. Uh, Certainly, this whole COVID situation has resulted in a chain of events that uh, I certainly do not recall seeing, um, certainly in the past 40 or 50 years, Uh, and not since the World War sort of periods um, have we had this sort of almost fear and panic within societies um, and mass hysteria, which is leading to uh, you know, panic buying and hoarding and these sort of interesting behaviors that are coming out um, during this uh, pandemic period. The early 2000s, I remember uh, starting my first company in 1999, which was uh, one of the first online bookshops in Australia. And I remember we had a bit of an impact from the Y2K bug. Uh, didn't really have uh, too much of a, a, of a lengthy feel. And in fact, most businesses just laughed it off. Um, and if we sort of fast forward a little bit from 2000, around the 2001, 2002 period, there was that whole dot-com uh, boom and bust era. Now, that certainly decimated the e-commerce landscape. And that was actually one of the turning points for the growth and evolution of e-commerce and e-commerce being taken more seriously. It also changed the way uh, people look at digital businesses and the way investors, um, I guess, looked at opportunities in the digital realm. And we'll talk about this a little bit more later. Uh, The point with that though, is that a lot of businesses did get affected, uh, but certainly nowhere near the effect that we've got in today's world. Now let's fast forward a few years from 2001, 2002. Let's go into that sort of 2007 to nine period. And I don't know if you recall, but 2007 to nine was just crazy from an economy point of view, particularly in uh, the US and the UK UK markets. But we certainly had a a, a feel, 
we felt this as well here in Australia, and that's the GFC, so the global financial crisis. We had all these uh, you know, meltdowns of uh, stock markets and banking systems, et cetera, et cetera. Um, a lot of businesses certainly overseas uh, were impacted. A lot of people were impacted personally. Thankfully, I personally believe that as a country, as a whole, Australia's rode through this period relatively well. Now, I'm not going to say that we were unscathed because we weren't. And the reason I can say that with confidence is because uh, I started a recruitment company in 2007, which absolutely boomed. It went phenomenally well. You know, we had well over a million dollars worth of contracts uh, signed in a space of about 14 or 15 months. So we did incredibly well. But because of the GFC and the whole chain of events that, that sort of resulted at, because of this uh, financial crisis, two and a half years after starting that company, I had to sit down with the staff and basically tell them we don't have a business to run anymore. We couldn't sell the business. We couldn't keep operating. Um, and we literally had to shut the doors. So certainly had a uh, personal impact and a financial impact uh, on me and my wife. Um, and it was an interesting period to go through. But despite all of that, it certainly wasn't as uh, challenging and as just full on as this current COVID period. I mean, how many millions of people at the moment are locked indoors? It's phenomenal. The entire country of Australia is pretty much uh, have been told, stay at home, don't venture outside. It's you know, it, we're living through unprecedented times, never in living sort of memory history have we had this happen before. So we don't really know, I guess, what to expect. And what's interesting is that uh, when we go through these sort of periods, from a psychology point of view, this uh, unexpectance, this, this unknownness of what's going to happen causes people to panic. It is one of the reasons, in my opinion, why we saw this whole panic buying scenario, you know, people rushing out and stocking up on toilet paper, for example. I mean, how random is that? I understand why, um, and there's certain uh, psych psychological drivers uh, that have resulted in this, but the point is that this whole unknown is causing people to panic and this panic is causing people to act irrationally and do things that they probably wouldn't do uh, otherwise. And, and they act in certain ways as well. So interesting times and look from a business point of view, um, I can certainly tell you that uh, what happened two months ago is certainly not what's happening now. Um, two months ago, for example, in my business, I was sitting on an, on an absolute rocket. We have been flying as a company. We've been doing extraordinarily well, um, you know, growing our revenue base, growing our customer base, certainly putting on, putting on uh, more team members and we've got a really good team now. But what I've noticed in my business and certainly with my clients as well is that everybody has been affected by this COVID situation. There is no business that I know of that hasn't been affected in some way. Now, some businesses have actually been affected positively. Uh, they're in certain industries, if we look at healthcare, for example, um, and even certain parts of retail. Uh, but overall, most businesses have been uh, negatively affected. And it's something that the government, to their credit, have uh, recognized. I mean, look, I'm not gonna get into this political uh, discussion, here and I'm certainly not a political type of a person either so I'm the wrong person to talk politics 
Um, but I can say that, look, credit is due where credit is due. And, and although uh, things took a lot longer than they should have, in my view, um, in terms of releasing some of the stimulus uh, package components, uh, we're, we're getting there. I don't think we're fully there yet from a stimulus package point of view, but we certainly are seeing unprecedented support from the government, uh, both to individuals and society as, as a result, um, but also to the businesses themselves. And particularly the small businesses are getting a lot of, uh, a lot of help. And that's fantastic. And that's something that I'm, I'm saying to a lot of clients and you know listeners out there if you own a business at the moment the first thing that I'd be doing right now and I'm sure you've done this um, or are doing this is to look at uh, what's available from the government and um, do what you can to access them as quick as possible not all of the stimulus package components are available just yet you can sign up to be notified and look that is all you can do at the moment and that's fine the point is you got to familiarize yourself and understand you know what sort of support is available so that when the support becomes available you're lined up you're ready to access it and hopefully business uh, for a lot of us will continue now I don't like being doom and gloom and I'm certainly not the type of person that has ever looked at the world as being half empty. I think, you know, we, we've all heard that analogy. The glass is either half empty or half full. At the end of the day, I have always believed that there's certainly a lot more opportunity out there. And I've certainly believed that being pessimistic, being negative doesn't help anybody. Um, what I think we've got to be is realistic. So what's reality? Reality is that this COVID period is shithouse. It's decimated the business landscape and a lot of businesses are not only suffering now, but will continue suffering and potentially won't go through this period and won't survive this period. Having said that, the reality is that these sort of periods don't last forever. Let's go back to the uh, boom and bust of .com, came and went. Let's go to the GFC, came and went. Let's look at now this COVID situation. We're in it right now, in the midst of it, it will go away. Nothing stays static, everything changes. And that's what we've got to, I guess, uh, bring into our businesses and how we've got to be thinking right now. We should be planning right now for the eventual change in the market, the eventual change in uh, this whole COVID landscape and we've got to start planning for the time when we're talking about oh remember that those COVID days because that will happen and we've got to remember that not every business out there is an underperformer not every business out there is taking as big a hit as others there are and i know this for a fact because i work with some of them there are some businesses out there that are seriously cashed up. Like, I mean, seriously cashed up. Now, these businesses may at the moment have been either forced to wind back some of what they're doing or purely for risk management reasons have actually cut down or slowed down the amount of money that they're spending on certain activities, whether it's investment activities, research activities, whatever it might be. But nonetheless, they're cashed up. And what I think will happen, first of all, the stimulus package, once it kicks off, um, or once it kicks in rather, will probably stimulate some of these businesses to start opening up the wallets more. And 
Uh, but more importantly, what I think will happen when this whole COVID situation looks like it's going to be finishing and we're coming out of it, the wallets are definitely going to be open and businesses will be ready to ramp up again. Ramp up in terms of spending, ramp up in research activities, investment activities, manufacturing activities. And that is going to be an amazing opportunity for the businesses that right now are, are planning to take advantage of that opportunity. So if your business is uh, in a dire situation at the moment, my certainly the first recommendation is understand the stimulus packages. Second recommendation is to review your business and do what you can to salvage and do what you can to grab hold of low hanging fruit so that you're at least making some movement forward if you can. And uh, the third thing that I would do is um, strategize and plan strategize about how you're going to take advantage of a changing uh, economic and business landscape when COVID's over uh, strategize about how and where you're going to position yourself in, in uh, and your business in two three years time and then put in place the plans the other thing that i'm going to say is this now is the time to take this seriously and now is the time to ask yourself a really important question if i ride through this period as a business. What am I going to do now and what am I going to do ongoing to ensure that should COVID happen again in the future, whenever that might be, two years, five years, 10 years time, that should it happen again, that your business is so well set up and structured that it can comfortably ride through the next COVID period really important question that you've got to ask yourself. And I think it's a really, really critical uh, facet to business that often gets missed. So many times I've worked with clients, we start talking about risk mitigation and, and uh, putting in place, you know, risk management strategies. And in almost every single situation that I've done this, it just gets poo-pooed and gets put to the bottom of, of, of the shelf because it just doesn't seem important. And on more than one occasion, I've had I told you so situations where uh, we've gone through a risk exercise and unfortunately things weren't either implemented quick enough or things just weren't taken seriously enough. And lo and behold, the things that we talked about from a risk point of view actually happened and bam, we're in the middle of a crisis. So it's almost like I'm pretty much saying, look, we're in the middle of a crisis right now. Let's not just think about how we're going to get out of the crisis. Let's not just think about how we're going to grow beyond the crisis, but let's also think about what are we going to do should this crisis happen again and how do we mitigate it against it? Perfect time to think about it, in my view. Um, as I said before, I, I certainly don't like to be thinking about, you know, this glass being half empty. I think there's uh, always opportunities and there's always things in terms of positivity that uh, that we can uh, grab hold of and that we should be utilizing to drive momentum within our business. One thing that I'm going to say is I'm going to give you this uh, analogy of what I think is happening at the moment and why I think we have this herd or sheep-like behavior. I mean, the toilet paper situation uh, is a prime example. Um, Let's think about how people in general are consuming information in today's world. Uh, if we go back, you know, 15, 20 years, most people would consume information through the three main mediums, which were well, actually four main mediums, 
your newspapers, your television, your radio, and the fourth one is the word of mouth. So, you know, talking around the barbecue, having a beer and talking about stuff with your mates. Now, if we look at where we're at today, hasn't that just changed? How are people consuming information? So I personally think the number one place where, where people go to is actually social media. Whether it's uh, Facebook or LinkedIn, for example, or Twitter, people go to social media to consume information. And if we look at all the news outlets that used to print the, the newspapers and the magazines 20 years ago, they're all, or most of them that are still alive, have got a strong social presence now, and that's where they're communicating. If you go to Facebook, you can sign up to the White House, for example, and watch and listen in to live Facebook feeds from the White House. So social media is just, you know, the driver, the main driver, in my opinion, of the way that society at the moment is consuming information. Now, obviously, we have other digital mediums as well, but I think social media is the thing that ties things together. There's a massive, massive problem, however, with social media. And the, the problem uh, can be likened to the analogy of uh, swimming in an Olympic swimming pool where you've got several lanes. And let's say you're a swimmer that's swimming in the middle of the swimming pool, uh, in the middle lane, you've got your head down, you're doing your freestyle. And when you're doing your freestyle, you're not really aware um, of what's around you. You know, you, you sort of got your head down and you're swimming straight. You're just focused on your lane. You're focused on staying in your lane. And that's sort of what you're aware of, mainly. You have some awareness of what's happening. But in general, the further you go from your lane, the less awareness you tend to have, certainly of the other lanes. And you certainly aren't aware of what's happening in the outer lanes. And this is what happens in social media. What happens in social media is that the people you connect with and the information that you uh, consume tends to be the information that you're also presented back by the platform more regularly and more frequently. Why that happens is because of the way that the algorithms have been set up. You see, what the algorithms want to do is they want to give you the most relevant content. And so the assumption is that if Peter Spender is regularly consuming content on mountain biking, on mountaineering, on hiking, on cooking, on fitness, which is the sort of stuff that I'm into, then my social media feed will show me more and more of that type of content. But there's a massive problem with that. And the problem is that if you're consuming a particular type of content on a regular basis, and that's what social media, what the social media feed feeds you on a regular basis, then you run the risk of swimming in the center lane and actually not seeing anything else outside of that. And so that's how we start having this sheep-like, herd-like behavior uh, come about. And probably more powerful is the fact that that's how we start having this really closed off perception of the world where what we think and what we see is what we believe to be the entire world. When in reality, there are far more swimming lanes out there than the lane that we, we swim in. And this is a massive, massive problem because this is a massive driver in terms of the way we think, the way we behave. And so if we're constantly seeing all this negative stuff, all this stuff around, you know, uh, whether it's a war, whether it's famine, whether it's COVID, whatever it might be, then that's how we start thinking as well. And so let's then now 
uh, take the current analogy, we're in the COVID period and people are hoarding bloody toilet paper. Well, have a think about the amount of people that are talking about this on social media, in the news outlets, in various websites. And of course, people are panicking because everyone's thinking, holy shit, well, I've got to buy toilet paper because everyone else is buying toilet paper and we're going to run out of toilet paper. And it's just a never ending cycle or so it seems. Whereas the reality is that there's enough toilet paper. Um, we're not in a toilet paper shortage. It's just everyone's panic buying because everyone seems to think that we need toilet paper. So it's this, uh, you know, herd like sheep like behavior. Um, and so why am I talking about, about this? Well, the reason I'm mentioning this to you in this sort of business context is because you've got to be wary of, of, of you yourself not falling into this trap of thinking like the sheep and thinking like the herd. We've got to start thinking more positively. Is there a lot of negativity? Yes. Is there going to be serious impact on the economy and businesses as a whole from COVID? 100% yes. But is it all negative? No. Is the world going to collapse? No, it's not. Things will continue. So you've got to remain more positive and you've got to start thinking more about the opportunities that lie in front of you. Like I said before, you know, act on the stimulus packages, act on the things that you can act on right now, stop moping about and worrying about things that you can't impact and worry about things that you can. You can impact the future. The things that you do now will dictate what happens in, in, in the future. You know, the person that is running the uh, Olympic sprint, the 100 meter sprint, for example, Usain Bolt, what you see in that moment of, you know, 12, 13 seconds, whatever he runs at 100 meters in is just an absolute fraction of the reality that surrounds the success of Usain Bolt. What I mean by that is that gentleman didn't just he wasn't just born that way. Yes, he has some, you know, probably some genetic benefits. But the reality is that the guy worked his ass off to get there. And more importantly, you know what he does? He works his ass off when no one is watching, when the world is going about doing their own thing. When you're still sleeping at 4 a.m., I can guarantee you that in preparation for the Olympics, the star athlete is up at 4 a.m. They're pushing the boundaries and they're doing the things that everyone else finds hard to do or they don't want to do because they know that it's the hard things. It's the things that no one watches that makes the importance between the lame and, and you know, unsuccessful and the truly, truly successful. So success is really built in the moments when no one else is watching. Success is built in those tiny little decision periods where you decide whether you're going to finish work early or whether you're going to push on for another half hour and do another half hour uh, on your strategy, for example. I hope you're understanding what I'm saying in this and you're taking away that takeaway message that now is not the time to lift the foot off the accelerator. Now is the time to keep pushing forward as hard as you can. Now, I want to talk to you about um, what I think is going to be happening as we come out of the COVID period. And I'm going to talk to you about this from a digital point of view. Now, you're probably you know, going to think, okay, here we go, digital guy talking digital again. But uh, hear me out for a second. I have never ever believed that digital is the only way to go. I've always thought the offline certainly has a place within the business realm and it will never go away because the reality is all the digital is 
is it's a medium, it's a facilitator, it's an enabler. As soon as you go and place your order, for example, if we're talking about an online retail store, the fulfillment happens in the real world. So the real world and the offline business has not has, has a critical impact on things and is not going to go away anytime soon. Now, what I think will happen, however, is, um, is the following. We've got a situation where a number of businesses have uh, either had to shut their doors, uh, if they're in certain industries like hospitality, for example, and they can't continue, or have had to bring their workforce um, out of the office and uh, have them work from home if they can. So what's happened is that this COVID has actually forced many, many, many organizations out there to finally do what I've been saying for so many years, and that's to embrace a digital technology. Digital technology is an enabler. It can enable things that cannot otherwise be done. Without digital technology, we would not be able to have people working from, remote, working from home remotely in the fashion that they do at the moment. And in fact, this might sound a little bit weird to think of it this way, but we're lucky that COVID is happening in this current period. And the reason I say that is because imagine what would have happened if COVID took hold uh, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Imagine what would have happened 30 years ago with, uh, with the business landscape and the economy. It would have been absolutely destroyed, even more than what it is right now. And the reason I say that is because if this happened 30 years ago and we didn't have access to the digital technology, which we didn't back then, how are you going to work from home? How would you be able to run a business model that connects to people around an entire country if you don't have the network and the technology to enable that? You gotta understand that digital technology is here to stay. It is an enabler. And I think everybody now listening and certainly everybody I think in the business community has realized and recognized that unless you've embraced digital, you are screwed. You don't have a future as a business. That is the fact, period. Now, uh, if I sort of uh, go back quite a few years, start of uh, the internet, let's call that period the digital 1.0. So we had, you know, the internet uh, come up, we had those dial-up modems, and we started seeing the realm of e-commerce being built. And in fact, you know, as I said earlier, uh, people my, like myself, we jumped on it relatively early and really trying to make a, a go of this uh, digital 1.0 with online business models. Um, we things, things, however, weren't uh, as effective as they are now. Technology certainly wasn't as advanced. And that whole dot-com boom and bust period actually shook up the entire digital landscape. And Digital 2.0 was born. Now, Digital 2.0 was this period where people were taking uh, e-commerce certainly more seriously, where the community and certainly businesses have start, started recognizing that, okay, there may just be a place for e-commerce in the world of business. And uh, it was a period of more stable growth and more controlled growth uh, compared to the, the previous period. Now, around the 2007 mark, I think it was in 2007, I'll have to have, to have a look, um, Steve Jobs made that amazing uh, presentation and he bought the iPhone to the world. And the iPhone was just an amazing product, not just from a technological revolution point of view, but the iPhone also brought in innovation that in my opinion, kickstarted 
Digital 3.0. And Digital 3.0 was really the time when uh, technology got to that next stage. Apps became available. Uh, people had the internet in their hands. And all of a sudden, shopping went from the offline to the PC to being in your hand 24-7. Amazing stuff. E-commerce absolutely grew and flew um, you know as a result I reckon of the uh, smartphone or the introduction of the smartphone and the smartphone boom that we had afterwards um, so since 2007 there's certainly been a lot of new technologies uh, brought to the market both from a digital and e-commerce point of view but what I have personally found is that certain segments of society and certainly within Australia, there's been quite a lot of resistance by uh, communities and by businesses themselves to actually embrace this uh, technology. It's, I think it's a combination of, of uh, fear of the unknown, fear of change, and just not understanding the technology, especially given that technology changes so fast and, and evolves so rapidly. Certainly in the US, I, I actually think the US is anywhere between three to five years ahead of Australia. Um, in terms of where they're at from a digital consumption point of view and, and uh, certainly digital commerce itself. Um, so I think uh, since 2007, over the past 13 years, there's been a lot of uh, digital change and innovation, but I don't think we've had massive, massive revolution as such. I mean, some people might argue that uh, we're already in digital 4.0. Some people might argue that we're now using artificial intelligence and machine learning and things like that. But my, my thinking is that we're, we're probably in digital 3.8 at the moment, 3.9. And the reason I say that is because, yes, we have uh, made a lot of momentum in terms of digital technology and we've got things like artificial intelligence and all sorts of great software out there um, that can be accessed through the cloud. The, the reality is that I don't think we've had the mass adoption yet. And certainly if we look at AI and, and machine learning, I don't think the technology has been understood well enough yet by the general business, business owner, by the standard small business, even the medium business, to be able to embrace it adequately enough. So while there's a lot of talk and a lot of hype about this sort of technology, I don't think there's enough adoption. Um, and as a result, I don't think that we should be saying we're in 4.0 just yet because we haven't had the mass momentum to drive us into that period. Up until now, what I think is going to happen um, is that this COVID period uh, is going to force us to evolve into digital 4.0. As I said before, uh, if you're not online, if you, if you don't have a digital component to the business, and that, that has a lot of meaning. Uh, I don't just mean selling stuff online. That's just one facet of digital, okay? Let's, let's sort of move on from thinking about digital as being just purely the realm of e-commerce. There's a lot more to it than that. But what's happening, obviously, is that this COVID's forcing businesses to change the way that they work. As a result, they're forced to embrace technology. What I think is going to happen is over the next three to six months, as people use the technology and become comfortable with it, the technology will become a habit. I mean, what's happening is psychologically, we're breaking previous pattern of behavior. We've had to force this, this, this break as a result of the COVID. We're introducing new tools and therefore new patterns of behavior, which over time, if used regularly, which it will be because people are forced to use this new technology regularly, will become a habit. So what I think will happen over the next three to six months is that 
the, the, the adoption of technology uh, will turn into the habitual use of technology, which will turn into just the way that we do things. And so in six months time, when or nine months time, whenever we get through this COVID period, I personally believe that we will hit a new level of digital adoption that we have never seen before. And that is going to bring in digital 4.0. We're going to be in an absolutely new era from a business and from a society point of view as a result of this COVID. That's why I said earlier in, in, in this podcast that massive opportunities are going to lie ahead for those businesses that are ready and that are willing to embrace what's happening. So what does digital 4.0 mean? Well, digital 4.0 will probably mean um, more staff enablement, which means allowing staff to, to work remotely more frequently, allowing staff to use technology to interact with clients and customers in a digital manner, because we're used to it now. Um, it will mean more businesses embracing digital commerce. I actually think there's going to be an upswing in the number of businesses that move online from a commerce and transaction point of view. And commerce does not mean purely selling products. Let's just get that straight. Commerce basically means any facilitation of a transaction between two companies, two parties, two individuals. It can be business to business, business to consumer, consumer to consumer. There's so many models that, and, and variations. So I'm re actually really excited and I'm excited because, you know, this is something that uh, that I've been living and breathing for 20 years now. And finally, we're, li we're, we're in a situation where the community and society and business is embracing the, the digital um, and people are now recognizing that this is this is the way to grow. So the future holds uh, the following in my opinion digital 4.0 where businesses not only think about organizational strategies they're not only developing and, and implementing sales and marketing strategies and human strategies but they're also developing and imp implementing digital transformation strategies and plans digital transformation is the process of evolving an organization using digital technology but bringing people along the ride in order to adequately manage the change, adequately manage the requirements that will ensure that the technology uh, not only is used the right way, but becomes a habitual part of what the business does. It becomes just the way that we do things here. So interesting times. Um, I'm, you know, I'm really optimistic in terms of where we're heading. Um, I'm also really optimistic that this COVID period is going to end uh, and we're going to look back, we're going to learn from it. You know, there's certainly a lot of suffering out there right now. Uh, but if there's anything that I can say to the people who have been impacted in, in business, stay positive. Keep, keep, you know, looking up at the sky and remembering that things will change. There are things that you can do right now to impact that. And look, to those of you that have been impacted uh, by COVID in terms of uh, health, um, whether it's directly or whether you've had friends or family uh, go through this uh, COVID virus, um, you know, my thoughts are with you and I hope that uh, everything's well. Um, and just remember, life will always go on. And now is the time to really grab the bull by the horn and make the most of uh, of the situation. So that's my rant for, for, 
for now. I, I'm having a look and I see that I've been talking for 35 minutes and 41 seconds now. So thank you for listening. Any comments, feedback, please shoot them through. I'm always happy to have a chat and uh, let me know whether you want me to create any more podcasts. There's so many things that I'd love to talk about, but if no one's going to listen, what's the point? Maybe the other thing that I should do is just create the content and people are going to come. Uh, maybe I should just do some more marketing. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you for listening. Hope you've uh, enjoyed this. If you liked it, share with people, leave me a comment and uh, all the best. Good luck in the uh, coming, uh, coming period. Talk soon and uh, all the best.